Welcome to Tooth Be Told. What's going on? This is Dr. Aka. And this is Dr. Cradock as always. Today we have a special guest all the way from HU, my, my alma mater as well. We have uh, a, a, a wonderful endodontist. Uh, I'm giving him a big up because he is my endodontist, so I, I, I feel I, some type of way about him. I feel like you just got way too hyped. I, I think <laughs> you did. really I think did. did. I feel like you got way too hyped for this man. But anyway, he's a good friend of mine as well, uh, Dr. Gary Dennis. Dr. Dennis, what's going on, brother? Uh, I want to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you're, you guys are doing a, do, a great you, thing with this service. You do know it's not NPR, right? <laughs> the you way can you're be speaking, your regular right? self. <laughs> uh, w- welcome to our Tippy Toad. <laughs> I need you to go ahead and relax. Uh, I was waiting to see this on PBS or something. <laughs> but uh, for, for our listeners, give us a little background. Uh, let, let them know who you are. All right, so uh, I'm an endodontist. I uh, went to uh, Howard University for undergrad and for dental school. Several of our classmates, Will, is also uh, Dr. Craig, I was a classmate of mine as well. Uh, and then I went to the University of Pittsburgh for my endodontic stuff. And that's then, right. uh, right after that, straight to And that's where I met, uh, Dr. Acker at yes. the University of Pittsburgh. Yes, yes. That's actually when I was time. introduced. You know, it's funny. You bring, you bring up the whole, uh, Howard University. You know, I applied to about 10 different dental schools and, uh, I didn't get anything from Howard. Oh. I didn't, I didn't get into Howard. It, it was, I still, I feel some kind of waste. Well, was it that you didn't get in or you didn't, did not get in? I, d- I didn't hear it back at all. Well, see, well, Howard, <laughs> nothing. Howard, Howard, Howard replies to their applicants pretty late in the uh, application process. They, they cast my check. This is true. They cast my check. Though. Oh, oh, so oh, then they, yeah. they, they they received their application. Oh, they received my check. Oh, my yeah. check. They're my check was one check. Don't worry about you that. You can be happy they received that. <laughs> so they received it, cast a check, and they said, "No, nah, I'm all good. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for your money." <laughs> you, 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 but you did get into a program. Oh no! I I got into everything for dental school except for Howard, and oh, and to this day I, I think I'm still upset about it. It's like that one girl that dumps you and you don't know why. I don't know why Howard dumped me. Well, here's the thing: what Howard does is they take uh, the pool of applicants, right? He sounds so professional. Isn't he? <laughs> he, uh, he's he sounds professional so professional. Man. Please uh, make and, me feel better about this. <laughs> and uh, what happens is they immediately separate those applications into two piles. They separate them into the pile of people that they know are going to get into another program and the pile of people that might not get into another program. Then what they do is they focus on the individuals who are less likely to get into another program. So if you have great scores, uh, great GPA, then you're probably going into the pile of applicants that are going to get into another program, uh, as you did. Right. I feel like you're trying to justify what happened. Oh, I'm not. I'm not thinking no, I feel, Yeah, I feel like really what happened was justification. They were like, they were like, they were like, let me go ahead and take his uh, money, and uh, let's throw this away because one, I hate his name, Aka. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I think that's what happened. Did, did so you you're saying you you're saying that, that Howard University doesn't like Africans? Is that what you're saying? Howard I'm, University doesn't like Africans. They have a lot of Nigerians. Keyword. They have a lot of Nigerians. Oh. <laughs> so that's <laughs> what it comes down to, I think. So they only like Nigerians. They only like Nigerians. <laughs> wow. Because okay. there's issues with you know what, Ghana and Nigeria, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay, what about all the all the uh the students that are of Caribbean descent? Oh, that has nothing to do with Nigeria. Whoa, no, it whoa, has a lot whoa, to do with Ghana. Doing that. Like, yeah. All right, that's that's racist. Well that actually I did. <laughs> I actually went with the Caribbean on student. purpose. <laughs> so this you know time it actually idiot. wasn't racist. This time it wasn't racist. <laughs> but, but so um, it doesn't have anything to do with Nigeria, but it has to do with Ghana. 
because if we all know, if you go back in our history books, Preach. when we talk about the slave trade, mm-hmm. the majority, not the majority, but a good amount of those slaves that ended up in the Caribbean were from Ghana. Well... I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very impressed. I really feel like this became from tooth be told to tell me about my history. Right? Well, it, <laughs> you know, we, 23 and X. <laughs> what is it? 33 and I or something like that? You know where I learned that information? Yes, sir. Howard University. Oh, oh okay. got him. The Mecca. Okay. Well, anyway, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and uh, basically ask Dr. Dennis, talk about why he's really here. He's a specialist in the endodontic field, uh, so he does root canals, and he's a specialist in this, so he knows more about root canals than anybody will ever know. And oh, so, can I, can I just want to, can I just interrupt you? Please. All right, so you said that I'm an endodontist, he does root canals. Endodontics is not just root canals. Uh-oh. All right, so the majority of endodontics is going to be uh, root canals and retreatments. I'd say from in my own practice, I'd say probably maybe about 45% of the treatments that I do are retreatments, not initial retreatments. Right? Okay. But it's explain, not even... Explain what retreatments are. Yeah. All right, so a retreatment is performed on a tooth that already has a root canal, uh, but now the tooth has become reinfected. So in order to save the tooth, we do a root canal on it again. And this might be controversial, but from your experience, what causes it to be reinfected? Okay. Uh, that's, that's funny how you call it. <laughs> you said controversial. Yes. Yes. All right. So, um, actually, the number one reason why a root canal fails is because of the restoration, which is okay. what? Which is the core buildup and or crown. So the filling yeah. inside. No, the filling. Yeah, the filling inside uh, the tooth, and then which is under the crown, all in the part of the tooth that you see when you open your mouth. Okay. The root canal is in the part of the tooth you don't see, which is in the bone. So, and they're, they're all levels of seals within the tooth. So, if you think about it, when if your tooth is complete in uh, your anodontic and crown treatment, it, there's going to be three layers of sealing the tooth. The actual root canal, the core buildup is the filling, and then the crown. So, if there's a breakdown in any of those seals, then the tooth is going to become infected. That's the number one reason. Not the only reason, uh, but it's the no, number one most common reason. Got you. Okay. So you blame the general dentist. That's not. That's, that's, that's basically what I heard. No. All right. Well, well, that brings me to the second most common reason. The second most common reason is a missed canal. So that means that your tooth has, in a tooth with multiple canals or, or even multiple roots, that when the initial root canal was performed, they didn't find one that was there. So there was still tissue in there. And now that tissue died and some necrotic and bacteria had invaded it. And now you. An infection. So, so I answer this. I, I've had patients ask me, you know, how can a canal be missed? Explain to them just how microscopic these things that you're looking for. When we say we're looking for canals, we're doing a root canal. What what does that really mean? Right, so, I um, so when you're looking for the canal, you're actually looking for the canal orifice, which is the actual opening at the very top of the canal, closest to the part of the tooth uh, that you see when you open your mouth. The canal orifice or the the opening. It's a little hole, if you will. And if, you, if it was a large opening, it could, might be maybe two to three millimeters wide. But the smallest one, I found probably maybe half a millimeter. Half a millimeter. So put that in context, like the tip of a pen. The tip of the pen is about a millimeter. So, so half of that. Half of that. 
you're looking for that in the center of it, or the, even in an the obscure place um, of a tooth. Of a tooth, yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. I, so, so it's e- so it it can can be easy to miss a canal. Yes. Or easy. I would. To miss I, a canal. I, I don't want to say it's easy to miss a canal, uh, but uh, you know, every everybody's different. Uh, everyone's anatomy is different. Um, everybody thinks different. So when you're looking for these canals, you you're you basically are trained to look in certain places where the canals should be. But because everybody's different, the canals are not always where you would think they would be. They might be someplace else. So if you're not looking someplace else, then there's a good chance you might miss it, especially if it's only, there's only like a half a millimeter open. Okay. So what I'm hearing is, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of training that's involved in this. So it's best to be seen by endodontists to get a root canal done. Well, that's a good question, but let's rephrase it in a different way, right? Um, General dentists can do root canals. Correct. So why should anybody come to you to do a, a root canal? Uh, well, I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to be someone that's just quoting numbers out here. No, but, you uh, should. You should. You, that's <laughs> the only reason why you're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I know I know the ADA has done uh, numerous studies on the amount of root canals per year that are performed by general dentists and amount performed by endodontists. If you took all those root canals together, uh, I'd say probably approximately 75% of all root canals are performed by general dentists. So wow. there's way more root canals being done by general dentists than are endodontists. Um, with that said, there's a lot of retreatments that are being done by endodontists as well. <laughs> so what you're saying to me, and I want to make sure that we're not misquoting you, right? Because honestly, there's a lot of general dentists doing root canals. Correct. But there's a lot of endodontists doing retreat of the root canals, <laughs> root canals, of the root canals that are performed by general dentists, That's, correct? That is what I said. Yes. So, so the question I have for you is, you are a specialist. You're more expensive. Right, because whenever somebody goes to an endodontist, they have to pay a little more, right? Insurance wise or whatever, right? Well, let's that's if we took insurance out of it, then definitely yes. Right. With insurance, it really is, really dependent on that plan. Excellent. Okay. okay. The plan so, is going to dictate. So the plan dictates that, Correct. but overall, but generally, like, yes, it would be more. If it was for uh, service, if if you didn't have insurance, it would be yes. more expensive. Why should somebody go to you when you're more expensive? Okay. Well, um, tell us what you tell us what you use okay, or so, what you do that's different. Okay. Well, first let's start. Let's go back to we're gonna go to success rates. All right. So an initial root canal performed by a general dentist. Uh, these are all. This is all based off of articles and studies performed by the ADA and the um, American Association of Endodontists. Combination of the two. Uh, so uh, initial root canal performed by a general dentist actually has a fifty percent success rate. Okay. So. Yeah. If- Coin flip. So coin flip. flip. Yeah. So that means that it may work or it may not. Okay. Right. But I will tell you that of those root canals, if the restoration of any root canal, the restoration is placed in a relatively controlled environment and quickly after the root canal was performed, those teeth have a better chance of being successful because they have been sealed and preventing bacteria to. So, uh, so what about initial treatment? So you said. 75% 75% of all root canals are performed by general dentists. I'm a general dentist. I, I, I know that, that number. But if for, for my patients, when I refer to you, I'm thinking of that number in my head because if, if they see you before I do a root canal, if they see an endodontist, a specialist for it, 
What are the numbers for the success rate then? All right. So, uh, for again, for a general dentist, it's 50%. For initial root canal, for an endodontist to perform the same exact procedure, it has a 96% success rate. So, 96. We went from a coin flip to basically a sure deal. I would bet that those numbers in Vegas any day of the week, right? Yes. But I guess the question I have is why is that the case? Why is it? Okay. So, uh, one is, of course, to be uh, endodontist, you have to do a lot more extensive training in just this one area. So all your time is focused in just doing endodontics. But suppose if you're a general dentist, you know, you spend a little time over here, a little bit of time over here, a little bit of time in different areas. Exactly. Uh, become well-rounded in all areas of dentistry. With, as far as uh, endodontics, you're spending these extra years, two to three years extra after dental school, to just perform root canal. I mean, and, and and this is a question that I get a lot from my, my patients. When they, whenever I refer to, to Dr. Dennis, why, why can't you do it? You're, aren't you qualified? And, and my answer is pretty much the same. Because if I can prevent them from, from that coin flip, if I can go with the short thing, I'm going to give that to the patient every single day of the week because I, because I care, right? And because I know he's the best man for the job. Well, I appreciate that. But I, I, well, we're, I, we're not here. We're not here to. Uh, it, it, this well, is, we're not here to blow this up his is, ego. This, this but, sounds no, like no, a. Stop. I do. Sounds like here, a love fest, I need right? you to stop. Uh, we're not uh, here to blow up his ego. Uh, <laughs> we want to know why he's different than an endodont uh, than a general dentist. Okay. Please tell us what you do right. different. What you so, use. So the reason why that, why that uh, there's such a significant increase in the success rate is one every endodontist is going to perform that procedure in a manner to not have the tooth contaminated while performing the procedure. Uh, so we're going to isolate the tooth. A lot of times... When you, when you say isolate, how do you, how do you isolate the tooth? Uh, we, use, we use, it's called a rubber dam. And we put that rubber dam over the tooth, and it's a protective barrier to keep everything out of the patient's mouth from getting in the tooth. But it also protects the patient from anything that we are doing while we're working. Uh, we use these tiny microscopic little files and they could fall in the patient's mouth and they could swallow the file. So it's, it's also to protect the patient, but it also, again, it also is going to uh, prevent the tooth from contaminated while working. So you're saying not every uh, general dentist uses this uh, rubber dam? That is correct. Oh, oh, geez. I think that was shots. Shots, shots fired. And there it is. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. All right, so, so that's one of the one of the factors is uh, they're they're going to prevent contamination uh, during the procedure. Two is that they're going to look for these half a millimeter canal orifices, little holes where the canal is, and find them. And we're also using higher magnification, so we're able to see those little small areas where a canal be. Also, we've been trained to locate the general areas where you would find all these canals. So you know the anatomy a lot. Correct. We have more extensive training. Because that's pretty much what you do yeah. all day, every day. Exactly. And, okay. and variations of normal anatomy, you know those as well better than the general dentist, correct? Correct. So. And, then, and then also the more treatments you perform, then the more you're going to see and the more you're going to know. Okay. Well, so uh, here's how, the, how many root canals have you performed? I'm glad that you asked that. As a periodontist, uh -huh. okay, who does surgery all day? Okay. Um, not much. Not much? Not even a little bit. Do you remember the last root canal you did? It was uh, 2010, 11? No, 2011. Oh, 2011. 2011. Oh. It was wonderful. 
Oh, it, probably one of the best root canals anybody's ever done. I'm sure oh, it was okay. beautiful. And I was, and sure I was, was a general dentist, right? So I take offense to what he's saying right now. No, no, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of general dentists that do wonderful, wonderful root canals. Okay, but oh, most, yeah. but there's a lot that don't, right? Well, let me, let me ask. <laughs> I, let, no, say that. that. Those say are that not out my loud. Words. Say those that are out loud. Words. There's he did, a he lot. Did not say that. No, but there's a lot that don't. That's that's what you said. Okay, that is what I said. But that's what you're basically echoing. I agree that you said that. <laughs> okay. Let, let me ask this question. What People ask this question. What What is the difference between teeth? A root canal on the front tooth or a root canal on the back tooth? What What's the difference? Why do some more challenging than others? And right. why do you pay more? And yes. Uh, so as you move from the front of the mouth to the back of the mouth, the, the tooth anatomy becomes more complex. So the teeth as you move back, are going to have more roots and more canal. And the more roots there are, the more canals there are, the longer it's going to take to perform the procedure. So that's why it costs more. It's more, if you break it down, it's more billing for time. Because if a, a tooth in the front has one root, but a tooth in the back has four roots, then essentially it's going to take four times as long to perform that procedure. So since it takes four times as long, then you kind of cost more. And there's also, with four roots, it's four, there's four canals that could be that they need to be basically treated correctly. There's there's four times the the error possibility. Yeah, or there could even be more canals. Okay, exactly. Uh, well, I guess the question I have for you is, um, what is oh. the most canals you've ever had to deal with? On um, single tooth? Oh, uh, me good. personally? Yeah, normally there's about four, right? Four is the most that I've ever. Uh, How many no, have you seen? I've I've had uh, I've had five multiple times, plenty yeah. of times. I had two teeth this week that had five canals, but I think six is the most I personally have ever had. But I know. People that had more. And how did you find those other two? Um, how hard just, did you have to work to find those other two? Uh, well, I used my greatest tool to find those. Okay. It's it's between my ears. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, Dr. Dennis is a bit sarcastic. <laughs> so let's <laughs> go ahead and ask him, what do you mean by that? So you just you just uh, have to know where to look. It, it's basically all that it comes down to. It's it's you have to have extensive training to know if you've if you okay. So let's say this textbook says this tooth has four roots, so it has four canals. That's what it says in the textbook. But we're not treating textbooks. We're treating people. And again, as I mentioned earlier, every person is different. Everybody's anatomy is different. So you just have to take the time look and to be sure that you're not missing anything. And I, I'm not perfect. I'm sure there's plenty of canals out there that I have missed. Uh, but Dr. Kratos, uh, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Kratos thinks he's perfect. <laughs> Can you explain to us why oh. Dr. Kratos thinks he's perfect? Oh, well, when you're one and one. Yeah. <laughs> when you're 100%. I, 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 you're 100%. Exactly. Canal. One and one is 100%. Life. It doesn't happen. Let me ask you a question, too. Um, so a lot of people, whenever they get root canals or talk about root canals, they go, oh, my God, it hurt. That's the worst thing, right? But grown men, four hundred pounds, yeah, they talk about cry like babies. Right. It's, it's amazing. Most yeah. of the time, yeah. it's because they have an infection. Now, talk to me about why an infection, why it's so difficult to get people numb when they have infection, and you know, talk about antibiotic usage and if you think it's overused. Well, okay, well that brings up a lot of topics. Break it up. Okay, so first of all, when you say you have an infection, that would mean that the, the nerve tissue within the tooth has died, all right? So bacteria somehow has gotten into that tooth, and once the bacteria gets into the canal, it uses the nerve and blood supply as food, kills the nerve, all right? And then once that bacteria has made it all the way down to the bottom of the root and out into the bone, then it's going to start to resorb the bone. But it's a twofold effect because the bacteria is... 
absorbing the bone, but also your body is trying to wall off the progress of that bacteria. So your body is actually trying to build a wall and resorb some bone as well. So you have a twofold effect. And that will show up on an x-ray or a radiograph as a little dark spot at the bottom of the root. Commonly, a patient will come in and say, my dentist told me I have an abscess. So, um, which is, might be correct or incorrect. So <laughs> Explain. <laughs> so they say, oh, well, they said I have a dark spot at the end of my root on my x-ray. And I was like, well, that's not an abscess. An abscess is a clinical representation of an infection. Break it down. What does that mean? That means that when you look in the mirror, your face is swollen. That's one type of abscess. The second type of abscess is you have a bump on your gums right beside the tooth. Like a pimple. Like a pimple, exactly. And that's called a sinus tract. And that's actually an abscess that is draining. Pus comes out of it every now and then. So bad, you might have bad taste in that. Correct. My, I, I've never had one. Smell. Could be a bad smell, a bad taste. I don't know what the taste is because I've never had one. We're not here, but... we're not here to judge. <laughs> <laughs> the question I have for you is, when do you give antibiotics to patients? And, and whenever someone has an infection, an abscess, is it difficult to get numb and why? Okay. Two questions. So first thing is antibiotics kill bacteria. So that means that you actually have to have a true infection or need a true infection to warrant someone to prescribe antibiotics, right? So if you feel cold, if you have cold sensitivity on your tooth, that is not an infection. That is inflammation. Your nerve is alive. There's no bacteria in that tooth. That does not warrant the need for antibiotics. And that is a, a big issue in dentistry. Explain yeah. that. Wait, wait, wait. See, now, yeah, he's, now yeah. he's got me excited. He got, he got me excited, too, because I was <laughs> so, about to... Please t tell us. You go us. first. You go first. Thank you, brother. So what do you, what you said that the big issue in dentistry, are you saying that dentists are over-prescribing antibiotics? That is what I'm saying. Oh. Oh. Point blank. Shots fired. Bob out. I stopped doing that. <laughs> Please the, talk. The, the I'm number so one, The number one medication in dentistry that's over-prescribed is amoxicillin. If we stay on this path, and maybe not an Maybe not in our lifetime, but eventually amoxicillin is going to kind of have no effect on killing bacteria because it is so overprescribed. But it's something that can be easily fixed. All people have to do is stop overprescribing the medication. So basically, if I can paraphrase, you're saying by overdiagnosing and, and, and overprescribing uh, amoxicillin, can we create superbugs that basically no, no antibiotic will work on? Yes, that's a, very true. It's already happening, especially in the, in the actual uh, medical field. In many hospitals, MRSA is, uh, which is basically a super bug, super bacteria that can't really be treated by conventional uh, antibiotics. Because it's resistant to all forms, right? Exactly. Okay. So now we know that some dentists, and I'm going to say all because <laughs> people, people get sensitive, um, are overprescribing antibiotics, right? Correct. And the time that you prescribe antibiotics is when you have a true abscess or a true infection? Well, a true infection. So depending on what textbook you read, it will most textbooks will tell you that the only time you actually have to prescribe an antibiotic is if they're swollen. So that would be an acute abscess because that could be a lead to an emergency type of situation. Oh, to go back to um, hitting people numb, if you have an acute abscess, your face is swollen and the tissues become more acidic. And because they're more acidic, the anesthetic is less effective because uh, the anesthetic plays on pH and that's how you get tissues numb. Uh, but once the tissue is too so, acidic. So so basically, if the, the tissue is abscessed or infected at that point, the, you can't numb as effectively. Correct. It's yeah. much more difficult to um, achieve profound anesthesia so, or so you're gonna, so you're gonna feel the procedure more well um then can i say something real yes. quick 
Uh, so when you talk about being acidic or basic, right, we're saying that the antibody, the um, local anesthesia, the novocaine, people like to say, right? We never that, use novocaine anymore, by right, the way. But that's fine. That <laughs> novocaine is actually at a higher pH, meaning 7.2 or above, right? The area that you want to numb is lower, right? It's probably at like a 4 or 3 or 3. Very acidic. Right, very acidic. And so what happens when you put a, something that's acidic and something that's basic together, you get what? Water, right? Neutralized. So you yeah. basically neutralized the, the, the effect of the local anesthesia. So what you need to do is give you more local anesthesia to kind of get you to an area where you can actually be numb, correct? Correct. That's my, contrib- that's my um, contribution. No. <laughs> no. Um, you're done. You're done. Yeah, I'm you're done. done. But not just more, also in uh, different uh, areas that may not be considered the most conventional areas uh, to anesthetize a patient. Okay. Or get a patient up. Let, let me ask this question because I get this a lot from, from my patients. They'll say, oh, yeah, I had a tooth. It was really bothering me. It was hurting me all the time, woke me up at night. But then it just went away. So I don't think I have a problem. What, what do you say to those those patients? I say, do you think when your tooth hurt, it was normal? <laughs> <laughs> do you think that that was okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they say no, and I say, exactly. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> I don't know if he answered that question. No, no, no. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I say to them. That's what, what, what I, I ask them the question. What we're talking in reference is to when you have uh, tooth pain um, and you have nerve inflammation or, or damage, eventually you can get to the point where the nerve dies out, right? Correct. And it's necrotic. And, and so that tooth will, will stop hurting. But does that mean the infection ends? All right. So when people say the tooth is sensitive, when I think of sensitivity, I think of temperature pain. So pain to hot or cold. Um, so when your nerves inflamed, initially you're going to have cold sensitivity. It's going to be very sensitive to if you're eating ice cream, if you're drinking cold water. Um, and in that situation, you're also going to have spontaneous pain. It might wake up in the middle of the night, things of that nature. As the nerve starts to die, you're going to lose sensation of the cold. And you're going to have more heat sensitivity because those are the last fibers to die in the nerve tissue. Okay. Uh, then the tooth is going to become more sensitive to heat. All right. Then when those die, the tooth's not going to hurt at all. But the nerve is dead. And once bacteria get into the nerve, then you're at risk to develop an actual infection. So, so even though it's not hurting, there's an active infection process going well, on. Correct. Uh, which could lead to an abscess. Which is more of an emergency situation. Emergency situation. And again, if you have an abscess and you have swelling, it's going to be a lot harder to get you numb than if you have. So, so basically, if you had tooth pain, it went away. You don't think that, that it's, it's over. Basically, the tooth is dead from inside. It's a dead tooth it's, in your it's, mouth. It's the calm before the storm. The calm before the storm. <laughs> there well, you go. Well put. That's, that is very well so put. So can I, can I summarize real quick? So you, you have a toothache. And it's basically sensitive to cold. Correct. You're still fine. You can take care of that. The tooth is still alive. Uh, you're the, still still alive. When you say you're still fine, you mean like you still get a root canal. You can still do or, a root canal, whatever. Or extraction or whatever. Right. And then when it gets to the, now it's sensitive to hot. Now you're really in a bad situation. You're getting worse. You're it, the, the tooth is getting worse, but you're probably feeling better about the tooth. Because now you can drink cold water again. You can eat ice cream again. The only thing that bothers you now is you can't drink your coffee. If you have cold sensitivity, does that necessarily mean you have to get a root canal? 
No. Explain it. So you could have, there's many things that can cause cold sensitivity. Uh, one is uh, recession, meaning that your your gums are starting to recede and it's exposing the actual root surface of your tooth. Again, this is not my area of specialty. <laughs> I, I, was that a shout out for me? That it was no. a shout out. For <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, recession, go ahead. recession. This is I this is what I'm talking about. There Education. Yeah, I don't. Do, I don't do soft tissue management. <laughs> so, so once the the cementum, I believe on. A, did you talk about cementum on previous uh, uh, podcast? We probably mentioned that, but basically, cementum is where you know the nerves and everything lie, right? So your tooth uh, on the root surface has little holes in there, and that's where the nerves fall into. That's where the nerves are. And uh, if it's exposed, the, the the nerve reacts to any kind of hot, cold temperature, whatever it may be, any change in the temperature, right? So that's what he's talking about. Go ahead. Um, and and uh, your gums could receive, I mean, as easy as if you're using a medium toothbrush as opposed to a soft toothbrush. You're actually brushing away the, the, the gingival, the, your gum tissues that are covering the root. That's one situation where you could have uh, cold sensitivity. Another one is if you whiten your teeth. When you whiten your teeth, the the agent that you use to whiten your teeth is an acid. And that actually is dissolving and removing first layer of enamel on your tooth. And that's going to thin out the rest of the enamel and make it more sensitive to cold. So so basically, just because you have sensitivity to hot or cold doesn't mean you need a root canal, but you should definitely get it checked. Correct, right. especially if it's not generalized. If it's a single tooth that you can pinpoint, then you, just, you should definitely go get it checked out. So is it true that whenever they test it, the longer you feel this, the pain or the sensitivity, the closer you are to needing to explain that to me? Um, I, just, I, just, I just want to first say that uh, we do not... Uh, Base our treatment on torture. <laughs> so, like. so you're going with you're, you're heading down yeah, that, that road. Right. You guys explain what we <laughs> no, 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 explain right. that. Explain how we tested you uh, for okay. sensitivity. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, please. All right. So uh, when you come in and you say, "Oh, my tooth hurts," we listen to that and uh, we we are very empathetic to what you're going through. All right. Cool. Oh, all right, Oprah. Come on. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> But uh, for us to, to to come with Doctor Ark is such a dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> to to um, do a, a complete consultation and to come up with a diagnosis of the tooth, there's several things that we need. One is we need subjective findings. That is that means that which, when you said your tooth hurts, all right, so that covers that check. The next is, or you say my tooth hurts when I drink cold. I'm like great. All right, what tooth is it? Oh, you point to your mole. Okay, that tooth. So now we have the tooth. Now we have the fact that it hurts. Uh, to cold um, from from your history. All right. Next would be the radiographic line. So we take an X-ray. We see that there's a big cavity on the tooth. All right. So that I like. Oh, okay. So there's a big cavity. You said it hurts the cold. Those two things go together. Next is the objective findings, and that's when we actually have to do the test. So one test is when we actually tap on the tooth, and that's to see if there's inflammation in the fibers that surround the tooth, which is similar to what Dr. Acker was talking about before with the uh, the cement. And this is actually from the periodontal ligament. This covers the root surface. The next test is actually a cold test. Now, this is to simulate your symptoms. So you told me that it hurts the cold, but now I have to actually prove I actually that it's make actually, sure that this is that that what that you is the right is happening. Um, and again, this is, again, it's not the most pleasant experience, but it's quick. 
and, but it also helps us make sure that we were performing treatment on the correct tooth. Because a lot of times you think that a particular tooth is hurting, but that's actually not the source. The source is somewhere else. So the, let's let's go a little deeper into that. So uh, basically, you know, I I test teeth for for cold sensitivity too. Um, when patients patients tell you a tooth is hurting, but you look at their X-rays and you can see, hey, maybe it's not that tooth. Can can you have referred pain? Can another tooth hurt you? Yes, you can definitely have referred pain, especially if it is the tooth below it, the tooth above it, or the tooth beside it. Um, all these uh, teeth are in general area, uh, so sometimes it's hard to localize exactly where the source is coming from. But what if someone has a sinus infection? Can that actually show up like a tooth? Um, actually, I've had several cases where patients came in and they thought that they're or their top left molar needed a root canal, uh, but when we take the X-ray, there was no evidence of any uh, decay or or filling, um, and it actually tested normal to, to all the testing that we did, the tapping on the tooth, to the cold, uh, and then we took a, a a panoramic X-ray, which is the big X-ray that takes your whole face, and in that X-ray we can actually see the sinus cavity better. And you could see that there was cloudiness in the area of the sinus, uh, which indicates an actual sinus infection. And for those, I've had several that actually had, I had to refer to, um, ear, nose, and throat specialists to get evaluation. Um, and it was definitely, the source was their sinus, not the tooth. So, uh, basically what I'm hearing is, you know, when a patient comes in, they may think they have a certain issue, but as, as dentists, as doctors, you still have to test that theory, right? To make sure we're operating on the right tooth because once you operate on the tooth, it's it's operated on. We can't go back. Correct. And then the patient might, if you, if you did the wrong tooth, then you're not going to solve they're the still issue in pain. and you're still going to be in pain. They're still going to be right. in pain. So so bear with your dentist the next time they're, they're, they're testing your teeth for these because it's important. We want to make sure that you're not uh, that we're, we're solving the problem that you, that you bring to us. Or make sure your dentist actually does the test. Yeah. That's another thing, right? Not oh. everybody does it as uh, thoroughly as you do. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm the most thorough person on earth or this anything like that. But, <laughs> this is your chance to Doctor, I can give you one chance. <laughs> like, but, this is your time to shine. But I mean, I mean, a lot, I mean, there is a lot of common sense that goes, that goes into it as well. Um, you know, if you came in and half your tooth is broken off and you say that one hurts, Pretty sure that's the one that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's look at these other ones. I don't know if that was Well, as you can tell, uh, Dr. Uh, Dennis is full of a lot of knowledge, and we hope that you guys were able to learn something from him and, and are able to now know, you know, how to somewhat diagnose a little bit and, and then go to the dentist and, and understand what they're talking about when they say, we're going to do this test or this test. Or this. But before we let him go, I have a little something that I need to talk about. Oh, oh what, what are you going to talk about? Before we started, he mentioned how he does not like the intro music to the podcast. Oh, wow. Wow. And I, it affects me I because because I'm the one that came up with that intro music. So please, Dr. Dennis. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I use those actual words. I do not like. <laughs> I think I just asked, what's up with the music? <laughs> 
whose right. idea was the music <laughs> and, you know, and why. And you know it was mine. <laughs> it, was definitely, it was definitely Dr. Aka's uh, uh, choice. So this might be the last time you hear Dr. Dennis on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do want to say that I also offered you a, and, and gave you a written song. <laughs> that you did. could sing instead. Which was oh. more ridiculous. Uh, and he turned it down. He declined. Oh. You didn't want to sing a song? Bro, I'm not going to do that to myself. But I, I do, <laughs> despite his uh, hatred. It sounds like Dr. Cradock wouldn't mind singing. I, See, I, you could I have Dr. Cradock. You could sing it to that music. Dr. Cradock will sing anything. He's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. He started off last episode talking about something. Do, 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 do. Don't, don't be mad at my scat. Everyone <laughs> likes my scat. Just, say, just, just put that out there. Uh, we just basically made your well burst well educated podcast into a ridiculousness of it. Yeah. And we apologize. Um if you don't want to come back on we understand. You don't um, want to be back anyway. <laughs> that is like that is true. <laughs> Unless you say something nice about the music. But no, honestly thank you, Dr. Dennis. We appreciate your knowledge. We'll get into more um root canal stuff, you know, more complex situations later on. We'll have him back on. Um, despite his hatred for the music, the intro music, <laughs> well, some different music just just for him. He's very he's he's very well educated, and well versed in this, and so we're gonna bring. But not in the music, huh? No, you, <laughs> you know nothing about music. <laughs> you know make, a lot of make that clear. But you know a lot about uh, root canals, so that's why you <laughs> we didn't ask you for your music input. But thank you, sir. We appreciate you, and uh, we hope that. You know, uh, listeners got as much out as, as we can. And if you have any questions for Dr. Dennis, we have our email that you can email us. Uh, we have a Twitter handle as well. So please give us uh, any questions, any likes, anything that you Please send those add. questions then. Yeah. There'll be more reason for me to come back. Yeah, exactly. So he wants to come back again. So please <laughs> send us more questions so he doesn't look so sad. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dr. Dennis. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. All, All right. right. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.